Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you. I'm super excited to have you here with us today so we can talk about unschooling. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Unschooling is a pretty new concept to me. Like I learned about it during the pandemic. And so can you explain what it is for the people that maybe don't know? Absolutely. So true unschooling is, um, most of us can refer to it as delight directed learning, where you let your children um, choose a topic that they're delighted with or really interested in and learn everything they want to about that subject. Um, When they do those deep dives, they get their reading and their writing and their math and all the basics of education in but while learning about something that they're actually interested in. It's, it's such an interesting thing. And the more I learn about it, the more I want to, to try it out because it's so cool. And it makes right. so much sense when you um, hear why un- unschoolers, I guess that's what, is that what you like to be referred to as? Do sure. The, do the things that they do when they're, um, I I guess you're not teaching them, but you're helping them find ways to learn, right? Right. Absolutely. In my household, the biggest thing is um, when my son was younger, was teaching him how to learn, um, how to find answers for himself. Um, Now that he's older, of course, he's more capable, but sometimes he just needs to share his discoveries with somebody. And that's sort of my current role. Oh, cool. And then there's a book that a lot of people recommend if for trying unschooling that explains it really well. I cannot remember the name of it. Do you know which book I'm talking about? Probably Free to Learn. Um, I can't remember the author off the top of my head, but um, that's the one that gets recommended the most. Okay. Tell me how you, well, how many kids you have and how you got into unschooling. Absolutely. So I have one son, he's 11. Um, We originally when he was just little had kind of played with the idea of of homeschooling but weren't completely set on it you know we were just like well maybe that would be a good idea but I kind of assumed he would go to public school Mm -hmm. Um, and then when he was about five he's a December baby so he would have started school at six Um, my husband who has cystic fibrosis got really sick he entered what is considered to be in stage cystic fibrosis so we um, transitioned to living in the hospital and being at clinic every day and And I knew then that I couldn't then send my son to a situation where he was away from us. Um, But I also knew that I needed to transition into a way that he could still learn. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where we kind of jumped onto homeschooling. And at first, I sort of had this public school mindset. I'm a public school kid myself, um, where, you, you know, you have to do this and answer these questions on this paper, and you have to like A, B, and C. And Um, then just talking to people and joining homeschool groups on Facebook and I don't know, finding my community, it dawned on me that there was probably a better way for our family. 
that's so amazing so he's been doing this since kindergarten yes awesome and what and a lot of homeschooling and unschooling so let's first let's talk about the difference between homeschooling sure and homeschooling. sure so in general because there's no hard and fast rules right everybody sort of has their own definition but in general homeschooling is where the parent is the teacher they teach lessons whereas unschooling is where the kid is the teacher the parent just facilitates the learning environment mm-hmm. um, so that's the main difference and so a lot of um being a parent as an unschooler or unschooling your child is about unlearning a lot of things yourself that you believe about learning and education would you say most that? definitely Okay. Yes. So what are yes. Some of the things you've had to unlearn or do you feel like it's common for parents to have to unlearn? I think it's very common for parents to have to unlearn though the system that we came up in. Absolutely. Because you have like this idea that there are milestones that your kid has to reach. There are things they have to know. Um and to some extent there is, right? Just to be a well-rounded human, they have to have some sort of um, interaction with, with, you know, a broad variety of things. But the truth is, is every kid is different. And once you realize that each one needs their own personal time to, to gain those experiences, then you have a lot easier time with it. But just breaking that mindset that, oh my gosh, my, you know, seven-year-old doesn't know how to read. It's okay. But we kind of come from a system where it's not okay. They should be reading by then. And, and that's hard. Um, my own son did read really early, but he's still at 11 years old. He has dysgraphia, which is a type of dyslexia, and he still doesn't write well. And you have those panics. Will he be able to physically handwrite something? Um, thankfully, we live in a in a world where technology is here and he's able to type well. So I think we're going to be okay. But it is, it's a mindset that you have to break from. Right. And I think, so I'm thinking of things that would probably come up for me if I were to do this with my own kids and how, and the first thing that comes up is how would I know that they're on track? Because right. in my head, I feel like I need someone of authority to tell me what on track is when, when all kids are different and there is no on track. So Absolutely. Like, and that's a huge part of it too, is letting go of the idea that there is a track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I heard an interesting um, thing about the brain and I can't remember where I heard it, but it was like a, it was a credible source, but, and they said that our, your child's brain isn't really ready to read until seven anyway. And as Americans push it um, very early and some kids can get it and some kids kids can't but then it creates this cycle for the kids that can't where there's like shame or they feel dumb or things like that because we're pushing something that their brain really isn't capable of doing yet absolutely yeah I completely agree with that in fact I'm a huge proponent of no formal learning until seven anyway I think that their job should be play um, until that age and then start adding in those those things that are quote-unquote educational yeah definitely so how did you recognize that your son had dysgraphia with unschooling? 
so my son is adopted and his birth mother um, has dyslexia as well as some other learning difficulties. So we knew there was a chance because they have proven that dyslexia is hereditary. Um, and so then when he was about nine, I started noticing that he when he wanted to write notes for himself, he still was reversing letters. He still would have to have a cheat sheet to know what a letter looked like. Um, if you asked him to write down, like say the grocery list on the way to the to the store, it was hit or miss on if he had actually been able to accomplish it or if he had left letters out. Um, so we contacted our pediatrician first and he scheduled um, appointments for him to be seen by a neurologist that did the testing. Um, and it turns out he does have dysgraphia and dyscalculia, which is um, math related. Um, and he's in therapy for both of those. Okay. So there is some, the therapy, is that structured learning for him then or? Um, kind of. He, he goes to occupational therapy um, and he gets, you know, the hand-eye coordination treatment that he kind of needs to build those pathways. But we also do dyslexia games um, with the thinking tree and we do um, their dyscalculia therapy as well. It's called MathCraft. Okay. That's fun. And, and the games make it fun for him to learn so he feels engaged in it and it's not just sitting down. Right. Exactly, exactly. And he enjoys them enough to where he actually asks to do them daily. So that's a win-win. That's nice. <laughs> Right. So I know the question that a lot of parents think is, so what about reading and math? <laughs> sure. That's the thing that I think comes up and we're, we're taught from a very young age that especially with math and reading, we need to learn these basics or we will not be able to function as adults. Absolutely. And I do agree with the extent that reading is sort of your, your pathway to all knowledge. You know, if you can read a book, you can learn anything. Um, I was fortunate that my son is a really strong reader and he picked it up pretty much on his own. Um, I'm hard of hearing. So we watch television with closed captioning on. Um, and I kind of credit that and honestly video games to getting him to read when he was little he would want to play these video games like um, Power Rangers things like that and the dialogue would be in text, but I wouldn't read it for him. I would make him try to decipher it on his own and that went a huge way for him to want to read because he wanted to be able to play these games and to do them on his own. That's um, and, and to think, you know, people say so many negative things about video games, but there is this really positive aspect of video games for children. Right, absolutely. And we consider ourselves almost home, almost unschoolers to the extent that we do limit screen time to an extent. Um, it, he can't just have open access to it. There are chores and things he has to do. Um, true unschoolers don't often limit those things. Um, my only other thing that we definitely limit is that I do require him to try some formal reading or dyslexia games or something like that every day. Just even if it's just for a few minutes, I want him to stop and think about it and give it a try. Oh. Um, as for math, for me, if they can accomplish real world math, then they have the foundation that they need to learn anything else. So that's sort of, you know, if you can go to the grocery store and fill up your cart and have a running total in your head of what you're going to pay when you get to the store or to the to the register, sorry, um, then you're, you know, then you're ahead 
you're you're going to be okay mm -hmm. and i think we take for uh i mean we were taught like you need to be able to do long division well we don't because everyone's phone has a calculator like no Absol one needs to know long division <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even myself, I don't remember half of that anymore because I don't use it daily. And if he decides a career where he's going to, well, then I hope I gave him the background and the foundation that he needs to figure it out. So I, I heard an interesting thing about unschooling, and I think this applies to what you're talking about with like the screen time. And it was that um, some people who are not almost unschoolers, but full on unschoolers don't limit like food or snacks or they don't provide a schedule for that. Is that something? Correct. Okay. So tell me. Yeah, I've, I've heard that before um, that they don't have like set meal times. Um, it's just sort of a, when you're hungry, you can eat, you can have access to food or snacks. Um, a lot of those kids are preparing their own meals, which is quite frankly great be i mean to the extent that they've been taught to cook and use things properly um at my home we still do have family dinner together but i work full-time and my husband's disabled so it's sort of a get in there and get it while you can situation yeah so i think the important takeaway for people is that there is a wide range of opportunity and things that you can do to promote unschooling and you don't have to fit into any one category you can do what works best for you and your family and your situation absolutely and to me that's what true unschooling is i know that the purists um have a definition about it where it's just has to always be child-led but for me it's doing what's best for your family period you know what's best for your individual family Right. And to relate that back to therapy, like something I tell parents a lot is to, to um, engage with them in a child led way for 15 minutes a day. And I recognize that sometimes structured activities are more convenient and they're okay. So some connection with a structured activity or craft is better than no connection, right? With child. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yes. Yes. Um, in our household, it's a lot of the child picks the structured activity, which is great, you know, but yeah, you need that interaction with them, most definitely. What state do you live in? I know Montana. Oh, cool. My husband wants to move there so badly. <laughs> um, and I think it's beautiful. I would love to live there, but it is beautiful. Yes. Montana. Um, so what does um, this look like within your state and um, the regulations and laws about schooling? Sure. So Montana is really, really easy state to homeschool in. Um, the only requirements are that you submit to the the local. Um, I apologize. My brain just went blank um, to the local um, superintendent of schools that you're going to homeschool um, It's called a letter of intent. You have to do that um, every year between the ages of seven and 16. And then there are um, subjects that you're required to teach, but they don't have to look a certain way. You know, you're retired, required, I apologize, to teach English and math, um, career training, things like that, but it doesn't have to look like a textbook. Right. So there's no curriculum. They're saying your kid has to know. these. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and what does that look like with like college so say your son decides he wants to go to college um will he just get a high school diploma normally and go through the process that way 
Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I fully intend. Um, thankfully, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people are aware that you can issue your child a high school diploma um, when you feel that they they have earned it. Um, you know, we we will go by credit hours once he wants to start working toward that. Um, he'll, you know, receive credit for the hours that he put into his study. Um, he also has um, expressed an interest in starting college early. We and, you know, and that's something that we'll definitely pursue as well as, you know, college classes as soon as he wants to do it. Um, there's no age limit as far as I know anywhere, but definitely not here as to how young you can be and join college classes. So, yeah. That's, a, I mean, it just creates so much freedom for parents to teach their kids the, or not even teach them, facilitate learning for them in, in the way that they feel most comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. And my son right now wants to be an electrician like his grandpa when he grows up. So that's sort of the career path he's looking at and deciding what he needs to learn now so that he can do that later. Right. And so he's more interested in maybe some science things. And Absolutely. Yeah. Big science kid. Do you, um, so tell me about like, say your child expresses an interest in something. Tell me about kind of how it typically goes, how you help him learn about that topic or facilitate the learning. And do you buy like science kits or, or what? Happens? Sure. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a great example of this. Just recently, he um, has recently decided that he really likes geology and that he wants to know everything. Um, so we put out just sort of a request on Facebook. To, is there anybody here that's more knowledgeable than I am um, that would be willing to spend some time with them? And we got a reply back from a local um, owner of a mine, actually, and he invited uh, my son and a couple other kids in the community that expressed interest to come up and to look through their mining operation and their tailings pond and they had samples of ores there and um, long discussions with that um, and then we reached out to the local forest service and they had a lot of information and guidebooks and um, you know posters about the things that were available locally and then we have been going into the woods and into the creek beds and just sort of exploring and figuring out what we can find on our own um, the internet of course is a great tool if you use it correctly um, for learning as well um, and he uh, you know things like out school classes and um, even some of the homeschool communities like Hoden at home that offer classes that you can join as well yeah that's awesome I love I love that and are you in a local like Facebook community for unschoolers we actually don't have a local um, unschooling Facebook community we do have a local homeschooling community though and we're a part of that um, most of the people in my area tend to be um, religious schoolers, which is, that's absolutely great. We, are, we just happen to not be. Um, and so we just sort of tailor ourselves around their activities for that. Yeah, because I think a lot of the, when we talk about homeschooling, unschooling, the parents are like, well, what about friends? What about their social skills? And there's right. ways to get kids social interaction. Then Absolutely. Yeah. So we get to ask that a lot, but my son's, um, he loves soccer. He, he does soccer every spring and every fall. And in between those times, he's a big theater nerd, um, proudly. So we um, joined the local um, community theater group and we're there all the time. Um, my son's been in eight productions in the last two years, I want to say. So yeah. 
oh wow and then I think so I'm thinking I feel like I'm thinking like an unschooler now like in order to like read a script or to like learn a script you have to be able to read it right so absolutely yes you have to be able to read the script to memorize it and there's a lot of learning that goes into being in a production so yes most definitely and right now he's doing Midsummer Night's Dream so that opened up the whole world of Shakespeare to him in a way that he was excited about not just today we're going to learn Shakespeare right yeah and it's not it's all a choice and the the other thought I'm having is how much control this gives your child over their life and um, they have so many choices which kids thrive in that environment of feeling like they're in control of themselves in their life absolutely yeah and we've always made a big deal about giving him the choice in things I know some parents don't agree with that and they feel like your child you choose for them but I our life is a little bit chaotic anyway just by the nature of my husband's illness and he needs those the ability to make those choices for himself so that he has some power over his own life Mm -hmm. you know just to help with his own anxiety and his own feelings of uncertainty yeah and it's I bet it's so amazing to watch your child light up and be interested in something and learn all the things about it. Yes. And be motivated rather than feeling like you're trying to force them to do schoolwork. Exactly. It's just putting some boundaries on it. He went through a big zoology or zoology, however you prepare, however you um, say it, but he went through this big kick where all the animals and all the facts, and then we started getting a house full of animals. Um, So I sort of had to like put my foot down finally and be like, you can't rescue and save everything. You know, like, I know you want to know everything, but we can't necessarily have everything. Right. So what rules and boundaries do you have and what are common ones for unschoolers and what's maybe purists, what do, what rules and boundaries do they typically have? Sure. True purists, I think are completely boundaryless. Um, I've never found a boundary that we personally have that they agree with. So I think that that is pretty much limitless there. Our own personal household, the main boundaries are um, my son does have chores. We have, we do have animals. So he knows that he has to take care of the animals because he brought them into the household. They're his responsibility. He does have to take care of his responsibility. Um, this year he wanted to garden and he fully understands that that was his choice. So now that's his responsibility. Um, he can't just decide that he's not interested anymore and let everything die when it was a big investment of time and money. Um, and he also understands that if, something happens and we need to be in the hospital for a month he has to have a plan implemented to where things will be taken care of if we have to go and other than that we don't have a lot of uh, boundaries I did mention before we do have some screen time boundaries um, but not probably as strict as a lot of parents there are days when my son will spend 10 hours on a screen say you know, in a car trip. And there are days when he just wants to go and play in the sprinkler all day. And both of those things are perfectly okay with me. Yeah. It's all about letting him determine what feels right for him that day. Absolutely. And there, you know, there is educational content in everything that they're, even if they're just watching a YouTube video about, I don't know, you know, fish, he's, you know, he will learn what there is to offer from that. So, yeah. 
Well, and I'm thinking of the show Blippy. Have you ever seen that show? I haven't. My son has learned so much about horses and he was explaining to me like how you get a horse ready to ride it and what a bridle is. And I was like, where did he learn this? Right. From Blippy. It's it's just this little, this adult male uh, goes around and just explains things and how they work to kids. Let's, let's oh, that's cool. And it, he does it in a really interesting, playful kid way. But um, but then I was I was amazed that he knows all this stuff about horses and caring for a horse, um, right? From watching uh, YouTube or TV. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, yeah. And we we also utilize 4-H when he wants to really get in there with animals that we can't personally have. So yeah, there's always things in your community that you can join that helps out a lot. Do you um, teach life skills type things or do you just facilitate if you're showing interest like cooking or sure. budgeting or other things? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that those are the main cornerstones of, of really what life should be is how to get through the life. So um, yeah, we started... He, as soon as he showed an interest in wanting to cook, then we started facilitating those. Um, we use uh, fun schooling journals for that because he just really likes them. Um, and they gave him sort of a backbone to go off of. Um, definitely budgeting, but things, simple things like he goes grocery shopping with me. I'll tell him ahead of time what kind of budget we have. And then I make it his responsibility to keep just sort of a running total so that he knows like if I want that candy bar but we've already spent our budget well then it's not an option you know and and in honesty that's the way life's going to be for him when he's not at home too Mm -hmm. there's so many things that traditional education does not provide our children with that right learning experience the opportunity to be in a grocery store or put together like what ingredients do I need to buy for this meal exactly he recently got a Betty Crocker cookbook for a present and his new goal is to cook a a recipe a day um, from it and and that's part of it too is finding out can we even get these ingredients in our small local community Um, do we need to plan ahead for a bigger trip somewhere else to buy bigger ingredients you know things like that and that's all about you know planning and and life skills yeah definitely um, what about like physical activity and mindfulness skills? Are those things that if he shows interest, you teach or you help him learn those things? Or- sure, absolutely. Yeah. And probably at this age, he's still, he's only 11. So at this age, physical activity isn't really hard for him to do because he still has the want to be outside and playing. Um, I have, and even mindfulness really. I mean, I think that's something you just teach as a parent naturally, Um, you know, kind of, at least in in my household it is. I think once we hit puberty, he is starting now, but once we get into those stages, Um, where the brain remodeling is happening and he's having a lot more angsty teenage feelings and those are going to be things we'll have to actively work on again yeah yeah and I I just love the flexibility that allows him to be a human like he can have a bad day and maybe have a day where he does less uh, learning type activities but then also days where he's feeling more motivated to learn he which flows more naturally with how we are as humans rather than forcing us to confine to this schedule absolutely yeah 
I know I'm more motivated to do something when I actually want to do it. Right. And when you're passionate about it, then when you are being forced to do it, right? Right. Exactly. Does he have a bedtime? Um, he does, but it's not imposed by me. Uh, most that our dogs wake up at eight o'clock every morning and they want to go to the bathroom and they want food. And he also knows that for best health, he needs at least eight hours of sleep and that it's better for him to get more than that. So he self-imposes a 10 PM bedtime. Wow. And does he just go in and get ready for bed by himself or do you have to Nope. He gets up about 9.30 and he goes and brushes his teeth and he goes into his room and changes into his pajamas. And then he'll listen to a podcast or an audiobook for a few minutes on his tablet. And then about 10 o'clock, he'll holler for me to come and tuck him in and bring him a glass of water. And then he just goes to sleep. Wow. What a self-sufficient little being you have. Right. It's sort of been the goal from the beginning was to teach him how to be self-sufficient. Right. And I think as parents, our natural inclination is to rescue our kids and problem solve for them. And so they never really get to learn those skills. Absolutely. We had, my husband had some friends and their daughter come stay with us and their daughter had a medical emergency. I had to take her to the hospital and she was 18 and did not know how to sign herself into or back out of the hospital because nobody had ever given her the freedom to try. Um, And so my son sat down and showed her how to fill out her medical forms and how to figure out her insurance information and how to ask the proper questions of her medical providers. Wow. What a, like, what a, what an amazing skill that your 11 year old has, right? Like, right. Exactly. I can't tell you how many teenage ish aged kids I get in therapy and I give them a therapy homework of like going into the store, the gas station and buying something because they've never done it before. They don't know how to count change or give someone money or use a debit card or any things or call and make their own appointments just li- these little things that we we do we think we do for our kids out of love and as a way of being their mother but in a lot of ways we're kind of handicapping them from learning life skills right absolutely we were talking about that with pumping gas the other day because i got in trouble by a, another neighbor at the gas station cuz my son was pumping gas Um, And I'm like, but if he doesn't do it, then how will he know how? Right. You know, how will he pay at the pump with my debit card? And how will he then pump his own gas if he doesn't already know how to? Yeah, it's just, and so what, did they confront you or did they like tell him to the gas station? (laughs) They confronted me and they're like, isn't he too young to be doing that? And no, you know, no, he's not too young. He's small for his age. So he probably looks a lot younger than he really is, but um, no, and he's completely self-aware. So no, he's perfectly fine. I'd be like, listen, this kid can find himself into the hospital. He knows how to find his insurance card. He puts right. himself to bed at night. He can pump gas. He's going to be right. Right, exactly. And he happens to have his own debit card and people are really freaked out by that. Um, It does text message me when he spins it, but he has complete freedom over his own funds that he earns and he knows how to use it and he knows how to keep track of it. And that's scary for a lot of parents too. 
it's just letting go of that control a little bit because we fear what will happen. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. If we're not there to take care of it. Have you had to battle that in yourself while going through this process with him? Um, yeah, a little bit. I, you know, of course I don't want my baby to be hurt or scared or uncertain, you know, but then I have to remind myself he has to get there. He has to be self-sufficient and okay. Um, and he has to be able to work through those own feelings of his own panic a little bit, because like I said, he does have anxiety and he has to know how to still function while having those feelings. Mm-hmm. And there's no better way to learn than when he has the safety of you there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I think you said you've listened to the podcast before. I have. To hear your mom fail. Give me an example of a mom fail. I'm trying to think of like a recent one for me. Um, My kids are like always in the front yard naked. And so I always joke that like. Sure. Like, and I'm like chasing them. They like look out their window and I'm chasing them. (laughs) Chasing your naked ones. Yes, absolutely. Oh, actually I just had the biggest mom fail and I still feel guilty about it. Um, We were at a baby and outside baby shower just recently, of course, because we're still sort of social distancing. And um, I told my son to put on sunscreen and I didn't confirm that he did. And then I was sitting next to a dermatologist and we were talking about the importance of sunscreen. And I still didn't even think about it until we were getting ready to leave. And I called my son over and he was completely sunburned. And I felt so horrible and so bad. And I, I asked him, I'm like, did you apply? And he said, I forgot. He's like, and I even saw another kid getting sprayed down and I thought about it then, but then I just didn't go do it. So yeah, that's my biggest, most epic mom fail lately. And I feel horrible about it. Yes. And I, uh, sunscreen's a hard one to remember and my kids burn very easily. So I feel like right. you apply it more often than I think about it. Yes. Almost need to like set a timer so that I know. Yes. And that's another like personal responsibility thing where he's like learning that on his own, but you want to confirm with him that he did it. (laughs) Right. Because it's his own personal safety. You know, at that point, that definitely is something that I want to oversee is that he is safe. And I just completely failed. Well, that, that's a good one. I did that last weekend. We, t- we took our kids to the splash pad and I applied sunscreen, but I just kind of got talking to my friend and I forgot to reapply. And my husband, when we came home, was like, they are, they are red. And I was like, yeah, whoops about that. Sorry. Right. Exactly. Like, so sorry. When his little, like his eyebrows started peeling and it was like, you know, like sticks in the hair and he's like, I, oh. this is really bad. I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> If you want more of Mindful as a Mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Lynn's L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams LCSW.